0: I have seen so many people that I've known over the years, friends of mine, even some family members, who are great people and seem to do everything right as a parent, and their children turn down a wayward path. Maybe they get involved in crime. Maybe they get heavily involved in drugs, and that leads to all sorts of other things. And I I thought about this a great deal over the last few days because of this trial that's going on over the Michigan school shooter, Ethan Crumbly, where his mom is now on trial. And I'll tell you why in just a second. But I thought of a commentary that Dennis Prager, radio talk show host and writer, did many years ago. He's got Prager University. He's a big shot now. I think He's bigger than ever. And he asked his callers one time, and this is going back maybe decades. He said, if you had a child, Would you rather that child be killed in a school shooting, God forbid, or would you rather your child be the school shooter? This was one of the few talk radio subjects ever that I've ever heard every single person call in for a whole hour all said the same thing, which is that they, as tragic as it would be, they would rather see their child be killed than actually be an instrument of this sort of destruction. Well, in Michigan, school shooter Ethan Crumbly's mom and her married firefighter chief lover evidently held sex parties at hotels while she ignored her son's pleas for mental health treatment. That's what prosecutors suggested in court on Friday. Jennifer Crumbly and her lover Brian Maloche would often find strangers on this swinging app called Adult Friend Finder and arrange meetups with them at a local hotel after work. This was while her son was clearly demonstrating incredible mental health issues, severe anxiety issues, all sorts of issues with uh, depression. And now the mom is charged with involuntary manslaughter over her son's shooting rampage. And she admitted to using the app to arrange for other people to meet us there, but she claimed she was going to hotels after work on business. Here's a little bit of her testimony talking about the situation involving her son.
1: Do you believe that you knew or had reason to know
0: your son was a danger to anyone
1: else? No. Um, as a parent, you spend your whole your whole life trying to protect your ch- your child from other dangers. Um, you never you never would think you have to protect your child from harming somebody else. That's what that's what blew my mind. I just that, that was the hardest thing I had to. Stomach is that my child harmed and killed other people. So I
0: I have to tell you, this was one of those stories. I read everything I could on it this weekend because I would go from Totally empathizing with the parents of these people that were murdered to then listening and reading the comments of the mom of the murderer. And I would go back and forth. I would say, oh, my goodness. How could she have not been more involved in her son's life? How could she have not done whatever she could to help him with all these severe issues that he clearly had and then put him in a position to get weapons? Well, now – Uh, Both Jennifer and her husband, James, have been charged with four counts of involuntary manslaughter for their son's deadly high school rampage. To me, this story as a talk topic has everything. There are legal issues, there are ethical issues, there are psychological issues, there are moral issues, and I can't think of anybody that I'd rather turn to as I'm kind of trying to figure out what I think about this than the man that wrote the book, No Mama's Boy, guy who has a fascinating life story, and if you have not read that book, you don't know the half of it, believe me. I want to welcome veteran broadcast journalist, my colleague at WABC in New York, Dominic Carter.
1: Hey, Dominic. And good morning to you, Mr. Morano. First of all, how was your weekend? It
0: was great. It was great. You, you know, do anything you, good? I uh, I got uh, I caught up with some friends. I uh, caught up with some family. Got to spend some time with my son. It was uh, a really uh, wonderful, wonderful weekend.
1: Okay, we'll take it. We'll take it. I I think Frank that you and I and and first to you mentioned my background. So my mother was a chronic paranoid schizophrenic, mm. and when I was a little boy, uh, as a toddler, uh, after severe beatings, I won't go into the details. Um, from from, I was re- from her. her, I was removed from her custody and placed in New York City uh, foster care until my grandparents were able to uh, get me back out. And it's a long story. The book is about my relationship. It's titled No Mama's Boy because I never had a traditional relationship with my mother. And the subtitle is how I embrace the uh, the, the the future, how I embrace the future. And I'm forgetting it. And let go of the past mm-hmm. because all my life, looking back. So, but this gets to the parenting question. So. It's a little different because my mother literally had to get passes to see me from doctors, weekend passes to come out to to see me. In some
0: ways, your relationship with your mother was almost the opposite of Jennifer Crumbly's relationship Mm -hmm. with her son. It was the son that had severe mental illness issues, and it was the mom that seemed relatively normal.
1: Now, I will say this before I condemn the mom. Uh, it's hard for a lot of parents when they feel they've reached the end of the rope and they can't get any more help for their child. It's tough in some situations. And I don't want to judge her lifestyle but I am. Anyone that's on an app engaging in a swinging lifestyle, in my opinion, that's time she should have been spending with her son and and dealing with her child's issues. And I think that you and I could agree. Your son is, what, two, two years old? Right. Right, you know my kids are grown. Uh, I I don't believe in that what helicopter parent type stuff. Right, me neither. Yeah, you know I I I, your friends. I want to know I want to know who their parents are. What do they do for a living? I say to my wife that you check them out. That you talk to them. Do they seem like because I've learned that with with childhood sexual abuse and so on, it's often done by someone that knows. Oh, almost the, always. The, right, almost always. Yeah. And so, you, in my opinion, you've got to be a responsible parent. How do you define responsible? You're involved in almost everything. Everything. So, like, I, I'm, as you were reading your open or, or saying your open, you don't read stuff. You you do it in – you're very good at it. You know, you're talking. So, But anyway, what I was thinking about was when my daughter was um, – when she was uh, 14 or 15 and she wanted her first job at a McDonald's and it was a, in a very undesirable neighborhood. And my wife said, let her have the job. And I said, over my dead body, I just would not. Mm-hmm. And so then once, once they, once she got the job in a nice area, a, a good area, then I was okay with it. I just feel that, that we've got to be responsible in in children's lives,
0: yeah, I, I tend to agree. And by the way, if people want to check out uh, Dominic's book and learn more about his story, they can go to the website nomamasboy.com. dot com. That's boy dot com, and uh, there's some great stuff uh, on there. You can even buy a Dominic Carter bobblehead doll, which I've purchased. As uh, really, it's great to have you in my office, keeping an eye on me. I feel like uh, I gotta make sure I'm sitting up straight. But um you know, I do wonder also. It, it seems like, and, and if people want to comment on this, I'd love to hear from. From them, 9222 800-848-92-22. 800-848-9222. Because as I read all the details of this story, um, one, I'm struck by the fact that I really do think there should be cameras in every courtroom because, you know, there's a lot of information that you, the public can learn from this. Two, I went back and forth between wanting to throw these parents in prison, throw the book at them, to feeling a lot of sympathy for them and what they were going through. So both of them have pled guilty. Their son, Ethan, was sentenced in December to life in prison without the possibility of parole for killing four students and injuring six others at Oxford High School. And look, we're on uh, AM 910, the superstation in Michigan. I think this is actually in our listening area. But, Dominic, what do you think... Think beyond the morality of it, beyond parents should have been doing more. Uh, what is and I know you didn't end up getting that law degree, but what do you think the legal ramifications are for the parents here? Do you think they're going to end up getting convicted of what they're charged with here involuntary manslaughter?
1: Manslaughter is a, a tough, a, a tall order to get in a situation like this. I to be to okay. You asked the question. I don't think so. You don't think so? I'm sure. I'm sure there are some lesser charges uh, as it relates to this uh child abuse uh i don't know what the other ones are but uh but involuntary mans- manslaughter no uh because even you or i god forbid children can have a weapon in the house and you may not know it but where i feel parents are responsible is that if you notice anything abnormal about your child see th- this is one of the problems that i have parents have to be parents you can't look to be your child's friend right. or best friend. It's never going to work. You can't sit there and this day and age parents smoke marijuana with kids. That is ridiculous. Do you understand what you're really saying to them when, when, when you do that, when you engage in that?